0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Now Bali podcast with me, Eddie Spears. It's been a little while since our last episode, which has prompted me to think about time. No doubt for many of us during this COVID-19 period, time has lost meaning. We've lost count of what day it is, the date, and watched as the months just whizzed by us. This reminded me of a story from our archives. A question of time, the difference between Balinese and Westerners. Originally published in 2014 by Jean Couteau, this story illustrates the way in which the old Balinese used to perceive and experience time and how their life memories are remembered based on this method. For today's episode, I'll be reading out this story from our archives, and you may just find similarities between your own experiences of the last few hazy months and this old Balinese perception of time. So, without further ado, enjoy the show. Here is a story of Nilu Konchring, in which the way the old Balinese see, feel and interpret time is illustrated. You can guess, of course, it is quite different to how Westerners view the very same aspect. We are in the compound of Kontreng, an old wrinkled Balinese lady. She is cutting coconut leaves that she weaves into a small platter for offerings for an upcoming ritual. All her gestures are precise. She will soon have exactly 34 of them and knows precisely where to put them. One at the head of the Kemulan shrine, one near the fire until all are in place and each addressed to its god. Nilu Kontreng also knows exactly which day of the Balinese calendar is coming up and what to do in relation to it. Tomorrow is Kajung Kliwon, which occurs once every 15 days. Tomorrow is also 20 days before the next Odalan festival, at the Temple of the Dead, or Pura Dalam. Yes, she knows it all. The Balinese are indeed among the most organized and precise people on earth. Just look at the way they organize their family homes. But don't ask Nilu Kontreng how many children she has. If you do, the first thing you will see in her look is confusion, as if it were the first time such a question has been asked of her. Then she will, in all probability, pause and one by one count her children on the tips of her finger by order of birth, in accordance with the Balinese system. Wayan, Made, Nyoman, Kutut, wayan balik. Then triumphantly, she will announce, I have five children, though the oldest has died. Now, if you ask her when she married, she might answer in a strange coded way. It was at the time of the Regency of Gianyar. Translation, it was when the Balinese kings were reigning as regents of the Dutch Queen Wilhelmina, i.e. before the Second World War. Then if you inquire about the age of her first child and when he died, her reply might be no less puzzling. When he still had some powder on the fontanel, meaning that he was a newborn baby who had only undergone the afterbirth ceremony. All this points to a culture for which time is qualitative rather than quantitative. It is worth noticing, for example, that the main Balinese calendar, the Pakuan system of 210 days, which defines most of the Balinese rituals, is not numbered. As of the Saka, solar, lunar calendar, although numbered and starting in 78 AD, its Saka year is usually hidden in an esoteric system of correspondence between words and numbers, the Chandra Sankala. Time, thus, is not so much linear or historical, rather it is known in the propitious and unpropituous qualities of its various moments so that it can be acted upon ritually. Its knowledge is the privilege of a selected few whose power is justified and enhances, like the brahmins and the mediums known as Balian. To all others it remains a vague quantity organised around personal events. Locating the actual year of a personal event is relatively simple. You just have to relate it to a general period or to a datable island-scale phenomenon. And then you can calculate approximately. If your grandfather was born when the world was still stable, this means that he was born before the Dutch takeover of Bali in 1906-1908. to Few people still talk of the arrival of the Dutch. Lugas Puputan, the fight to the death. But some very old people may tell you that they could already gradag grudug or play around with friends when the big earthquake of Bali happened. Translated into modern terminology, this means that the person was aged 8 or 9 in 1917 when a big earthquake destroyed most of the buildings of Bali. The next period, almost timeless, was the Dawag region, the time of the regents. In Ubud, some painters will remember Dugas Tuansepis, the years of Walter Spies, after the name of the German artist who played such an important role in the development of modern art in the 30s. Zaman Japan, or the arrival of the Japanese, was a big event. If a man tells you he was already visiting girls when they arrived, i.e., he was likely to be 17 or 18 back in 1941. This period was particularly eventful after zaman Jepang came zaman Nika, the Dutch restoration, 1949, also called the revolution. Mara berdeka just after independence is also used to locate the period. For the next 15 years, nothing happened except the occasional landing of Sukarno's helicopter, the first president of Indonesia. During this period, you could hear people say, "I had just entered school the year Sukarno's helicopter landed." But here it's difficult to guess the date, and thus the age of the person. For more precision, you have to wait for the two big shocks of Melutus Gunung Agung, or the eruption of Mount Agung in 1963, and the so-called Gestok, or the time of the anti-communist repression in 1965. If someone tells you he already reached Subamanek Truna Lugas Gestok, then this means that he was old enough to have witnessed the Gestok and the whole experiences during that time. You can then easily guess his age and experience. After guest talk, we get into the banality. This is when Bali is misi turis, or full with tourists, a period rich in money, but poor in events. Since then, people go to school and things have changed for the younger generations. who have learned the Western calendar and the way of perceiving and measuring time. However, the Balinese calendar continues to be relevant. Age is no less a problem than a date. People will know which day falls the first otonans of their child, Balinese anniversaries according to the 200-day calendar. Beyond these though, they lose touch. Parents will know that it is time to send their child to school if the child can touch its ear above the head with the opposite arm. This means that the child is around six years old. The next important age is bajang, with its specific sexual signs the youth can then become a member of the youth association. When the person marries, he or she gets old, or tua, a state of age which is going to stay indeterminate for some time, waiting for the children to grow. If you ask a middle-aged man his age, there are chances he will tell you 55, just as a guess. To be sure, ask him whether he was around at the time of the Japanese. If he says he was at school back then, you can add on the years and calculate their age. Next, if a man dies at an old age, when he has no more contemporaries, everyone will tell you he is at least 100 years old, especially if he is a priest. As you can see, this approach to experiencing time is qualitative. It is measured by cross-referencing personal experience, like coming of age ceremonies, going to school, or getting married, against a larger event that affected the island as the milestone or benchmark period. Measuring time quantitatively is a recent phenomenon on the island. The same goes for other measurements, be it asking for distances and directions, like we've discussed in a previous episode, or say the size of Bali's population. But why indeed must we measure things quantitatively anyway? This kind of data doesn't give any more meaning to the world we live in. So, think back over the last few months, if you've been locked down at home. Do you remember certain days or dates? Probably not. You'll look back and remember moments as a reference of time. Even now, for the Balinese and non-Balinese alike, many of us remember the start of the lockdown period, linked to Nyepi, the day of silence. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Now Bali Podcast with me, Eddie Spears. We are available on all major podcast platforms, but to make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to our newsletter at nowbali.co.id forward slash subscribe. See you next time.